Welcome to the sermons of Our Savior Lutheran Church in Fort Capel, Saskatchewan. We pray that this may be a blessing to you, and God's Word would dwell richly within your heart. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. This evening, as our Lenten walk nears its end, we finish our look at the Creed. Last week, we heard of the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives to the people of God, especially through his dwelling with and in Christ's people. It was focused mostly on the individual, how the Spirit is in and with you and me. This evening, however, we will look at the means by which he does this, not only for you and for me, but for all of the church. For he not only calls, gathers, enlightens, sanctifies, and keeps me or you in the true faith, but he does so for all of the whole Christian church. That said, let us confess the third article of the Creed and its meaning according to the small catechism. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. What does this mean? I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ my Lord or come to him. But the Holy Spirit has called me by the gospel, enlightened me with his gifts, sanctified and kept me in the true faith. In the same way he calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it in Jesus Christ in the one true faith. In this Christian church, he daily and richly forgives all my sins and the sins of all believers. On the last day, he will raise me and all the dead and give eternal life to me and all believers in Christ. This is most certainly true. Amen. This is most certainly true. And our first, <clears throat> and our first reading from Acts this evening helps us see just how the Holy Spirit calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies the whole Christian church on earth and keeps it with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. After St. Peter's great Pentecost sermon, only some of which is included here, we have this. Now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is for you and your children, and for all who are afar off, as many as the Lord our God will call. And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about three thousand souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, 
and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. This nicely summarizes both the sermon at Pentecost as well as the early church's living. In this we see how the Holy Spirit was working to call, gather, enlighten, and sanctify. The first thing that stands out is that the Holy Spirit uses the Word of God in working through it. When the people began to gather around where the disciples were, they did so because they heard the sound of the disciples speaking in languages that they did not know. These were the native languages of the Jews that had lived all over the known world and were now in Jerusalem for the festival. This was the sign of the disciples receiving the Holy Spirit according to the promise from Jesus. At that time, when the crowds had gathered around, Peter began to preach about what God had done in Jesus Christ. He did this by proclaiming the deeds of Jesus and the gospel which he entrusted to them. He did this also through citing of the Old Testament writings which prophesied of Christ Jesus and what he would do. Then he connected that scripture to Christ, showing how he had fulfilled it for our sakes to take away our sin. Hearing all of this, the people were cut to the hearts. The Holy Spirit worked through the preaching of the word. He accompanied Peter's words as he expounded upon the words of scripture and proclaimed the gospel of Christ. They were cut to the heart because the Holy Spirit was using the word to convict them of sin. He applied it personally to them in their hearts so that they saw themselves in the mass of those who crucified the Lord of glory, even though they were not there. For it was true nonetheless, for their sins were the true cause, yea, even our sins. But the Holy Spirit also moved them to repentance and faith or trust in the gospel that was being proclaimed so that they gladly received his word. See, so we see that through this preaching of the word, the Holy Spirit called and gathered the people. He also continues to do so. He works through the same means of the word to call, gather, enlighten, sanctify, and keep the church in the true faith. He works through this word however it is applied, whether it's through preaching, as it was at the beginning of our reading, or through other means such as teaching, prayer, and fellowship. For in these two, the word is found and applied. It says near the end of our reading that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in prayers, and fear came upon every soul. This fear is the fear of God, which is the beginning of wisdom, the godly fear which the Holy Spirit cultivates within the people of God as he sanctifies them. For this fear is found also in the keeping of the commandments, as in, we should fear, love, and trust in God, etc. We see how he worked as the people continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, that is, in their teaching, and in their fellowship, and in the prayers. The apostles' doctrine is found in the teaching of the word of God and in the life and teaching of Jesus Christ. This is why the church is called apostolic, for she, the church, is the church which holds to the doctrine of the apostles. And now they are no longer here. And so we find their doctrine, which they wrote under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament. 
Thus, through the teaching of the word, both by pastors, but also by parents to their children, the Holy Spirit is at work. So too in the fellowship and in the prayers. The fellowship is their communion together. The union with the members of the church, that the members of the church have with one another through the Holy Spirit. And as we are sinners, this union, this bond is maintained through forgiveness and mutual consolation. So that when we sin against one another, we confess and we ask for forgiveness. In this too, the Holy Spirit is at work, for we forgive one another according to the command and the promise of Christ. We comfort one another with the joy that we have in Christ who died for us and who forgives our sins. In this we apply the gospel, the word of God, to one another. This is one of the manifold ways in which the Holy Spirit daily and richly forgives our sins and the sins of all believers. So also in the prayers. The prayers mentioned here in our text are not just any prayers, but in this context they are the church's prayers, the church's public prayers, where the people of God are gathered together to pray as one. The early church, in the gathering together with the apostles, would have engaged in such daily prayer. The apostles would have led these public liturgies, which would have included this prayer, along with the prayer, sorry, the reading of the word and their teaching of it. The prayers themselves would have been saturated with the word of God, finding their roots and fulfillment within it. And of course, so too, the Holy Spirit works like that now. He works through the public services of the church. For how can we gather together without the word of God? We can't. Not on Wednesdays, not on Sundays, not on any day. For not only do we read this word publicly and preach it, but almost every word of our liturgy, our public prayer, is straight from the scripture or is based upon it. Through this, the Holy Spirit is at work to call and gather those who are not yet a part of the church, and also to enlighten and sanctify and keep those who are in the one true faith, just as he does through our own personal prayers. But this is not the only way in which the Holy Spirit works in the church of Christ, for he daily and richly works to keep those whom he has called and gathered in this true faith. So, too, he works through the sacraments. For what else are the sacraments except the word of God applied to us personally? What are they but the signs and testimonies of God's will towards us, through which he moves hearts to believe? Philip Melanchthon helpfully defines them in the Apology of the Augsburg Confession in this way. Sacraments are rites which have the command of God and to which the promise of grace has been added. The command of God and the promise of grace makes them what they are. And if God has added his word to them, then through, his Holy, then through them his Holy Spirit will work to call, gather, enlighten, and sanctify the church. When the people were cut to the heart and they asked what to do, Peter said to them, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For this promise is for you and for your children, and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. 
Yes, when we are baptized, it's not just water. If it was just water without the command of God and the promise of grace added to it, it would just be an outward washing. But it is water along with the word of God. And through this, the Holy Spirit is at work, and he makes his home in those who believe. Thus, baptism is called by Scripture the washing of regeneration and the second birth. Through this, the Holy Spirit does as he does through the word. He forgives sins. As Peter says, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. So, too, the Holy Spirit works through the Lord's Supper to forgive our sins. In Acts, the Lord's Supper is called the breaking of bread, as in, they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread and in the prayers. Our Lord Jesus said on the night when he was betrayed, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. It is given into death that we might be forgiven. So too he said, Drink of it, all of you, for this cup is the new covenant of my blood, which is shed for many for the remission of sins. When we eat the body of the Lord and drink his precious blood, trusting in him and in his promises, we receive the forgiveness of sins, just as he said. And so why the sacraments then, if he has already done this and does this through the word? Because the sacraments are as a visible word, a word applied to us in a way that is undeniable. For when you hear the word of God read or preached, the stubborn conscience, burdened by sin, or plagued by doubt, or under the attack of the devil, can doubt that what was said is actually for you. Because of our sinful flesh, we are very good at thinking that the word of God proclaimed and preached is really for everybody else except for us. This we cannot do when the sacraments are involved. You cannot deny that you were baptized. You cannot deny that the water touched you as the words were spoken. And in the supper, you cannot deny that you have partaken of the bread and of the cup. In holy absolution, you cannot escape the pastor laying his hands upon you and saying, in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all your sins. Thus, through these, the Holy Spirit works to call, gather, enlighten and sanctify the church just as he does through the word the apology of the augsburg confession beautifully and succinctly puts it just as the word enters the ear in order to strike the heart so too the right enters the eye to move the heart the effect of the word and of the right is the same as has been said well by augustine the sacrament is a visible word because the rite is received by the eyes, as it were, a, a picture of the word, signifying the same thing as the word. The effect of both is the same. The effect is the same. The Holy Spirit is at work in both the same, so that we may be sure that God has forgiven us in Christ. Yes, brothers and sisters, so that we may be sure that the Holy Spirit is conforming us to the image of Christ that we may be sure that he is keeping us in this true faith until death, trusting in God's promises and made sure by the work of the Holy Spirit through the word, we can trust that he will raise us on the last day 
to life everlasting, along with all the saints of God, whom God has forgiven in Christ, whom he has called, gathered, enlightened, sanctified, and kept in this true faith in Jesus Christ our Lord. This is most certainly true. Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you for joining us. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, bless and preserve you always. Amen. Amen.